Jam Session is a podcast where two guys who grew up in Dallas-Fort Worth discuss sports, craft beer, life, and their experiences living in one of America's most vibrant cities. If you love sports, you're going to love this show. If you love craft beer or you're curious about it, you'll love this show. Great conversations with good friends is what Jam Session is all about. Welcome. It's nice to have you here. I hope you enjoy it. I think you will. You're listening to the Jam Session Podcast. I was told that I could listen to the radio at a reasonable volume. With Cowboys insider... What's your name? Jean-Jacques Taylor. That's my name. Radio personality and craft beer expert, Matt McLaren. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. Comes from upbringing. And now, the Jam Session Podcast. It is indeed Jam Session. Subscribe, rate, review, hang out with us for a while. Right here on the Jam Session Podcast. Sponsored, as always, by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights that legal battle so you have time for healing and renewal. Now, right now, that moment we've all been waiting for has arrived. Ladies and gentlemen, the radio, the TV, the podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. What up, dog? I would be the non-sexy one. It's Matt McLaren, and this, my friends, is Jam Session, the podcast version 317, asking simply that you prepare to be dazzled. If not entertained. We got a lot to get into. Obviously, the Cowboys now, when many of you listen to this, just one day away from their Thanksgiving Day game against the New York football giants. A lot to discuss, some interesting stories in the block. But before we get rolling, as always... We can't do this without Greening Law. They're a big part of the reason why we're able to continue doing this. And I'll tell you guys, if you've been hurt in a car accident like I was, injured on the premises of a business, really your first call needs to be to the lawyers, Robert Greening and the Green team there at Greening Law. They fight that legal battle. They handle all that crap behind the scenes against the insurance companies, they are with you every step of the way, side by side. And the best part is they only get paid if you get compensated. Dude, we tell you all the time, man, if something happens to you like Matt just described, the best thing to do really is pick up the phone, call 972-934-8900 and say, yo, here's my situation. Here's the details. What do y'all think? And if they take you on as a client, it's a great day for you. Now, understand that phone call doesn't cost you anything. They don't get paid. Unless you get paid. But as Matt has told y'all many, many, many times, this can be, you know, a tedious, long process. It can be complicated. And who doesn't want somebody holding your hand all along the way, showing you when to turn left, when to turn right, when to go forward um, until the outcome is, is secure? It's the way to do it, man. And, and the consultation's free. So if you're not sure and you think you've got a case, you might as well find out. 972 972- 934-8900. It's 972-934-8900. It's Robert Greening, offices, Dallas, Texas. So the Cowboys and the Giants on Thursday, Thanksgiving Day is finally upon us. The Cowboys now, of course, with seven games left in the regular season, they are well over halfway into this thing. This is the beginning of three consecutive home games. They'll have the Giants, the Colts, and the Texans back to back to back all three in the confines of AT&T Stadium. And this is a big one. It's the 7-3 and three Giants, the 7-3 and three Cowboys. The Cowboys already right now technically have the tiebreaker because of their win earlier this year on the road in New York back in week three, all the way back in September. If you win this, you essentially have what is now a two-game lead over the Giants in the division. And as you're slotting yourselves, trying to keep pace 
with the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC is one of the top teams right there. Really a game back of Minnesota, but if you win and Minnesota loses, you've got the, the tiebreaker on Minnesota. And you look at what the Eagles have coming up. They had that testy one that they were able to pull our rabbit out of a hat on against the Colts. They've got back-to-back home games, but it's the Packers and the Titans coming to town. Titans are good, man. So this is an interesting stretch for both of these teams here, but the Cowboys need to keep stacking wins in a big one against the Giants on Thursday. No, there's no doubt about that. And, and, you know, I'm just a little bit different. Like, I understand the situation, but, like, as far as these Cowboys are concerned, just go win games. When you win games, everything else takes care of yourself. You don't have to worry yep. about tiebreakers. And, and if you need to beat this team, to get just go win. Go play good football. And if they play, this is the way I look at it a lot of times. Now, it doesn't always play out like this, but this is the way I look at it. If you play your best, they play their best, you beat the Giants. And you beat the next three opponents. If you play your best, they play their best. Yeah. And so, given what's at stake, given what you want to accomplish, there's really no incentive for you not to be focused and determined and excited about the possibilities. And so, I expect them to play a good game on Sunday. Now, let me tell you all something. That doesn't mean it's going to be an easy game. I just said play a good game. Um, you know, they're better than the Giants. The Giants 7-3. and three. And here's what I'm talking about, Matt. The Giants are 7-3. and three. They've outscored their opponents by one point. You hear that? That means yeah. they've been winning one-score games, and they're, they're basically doing what the Texas Rangers did a couple years ago when they went incredibly good in one-run games. And this you know, last couple years, they've been incredibly bad in one-run games. Whereas the Cowboys have the exact same record – and they've outscored their opponents by like 84. The Eagles, a couple games over, have outscored their opponents by 80. And so what I'm saying is the Cowboys can certainly play with the Eagles based on what we saw when Cooper Rush was the quarterback. They just have to get to that game with no more blemishes, make it a big game, and they go handle their business. Yeah, and the reality of it is when the Eagles have lost, they have lost, lost. I mean, the Cowboys beat them by 7, the Seahawks beat them by 14, and the Lions beat them by 13. And so that tells you with those losses adding up points, they're not winning very big because they haven't really offset it very much. The fact that they have seven wins and only three losses and are plus one. I mean, you look at this, they've got a one point win, a three point win, a five point win, a four point win, a six point win. Actually, as a matter of fact, looking at it now, every single one of their wins, all seven of them are by one score. They haven't dominated anybody. Like, they, they haven't really put anybody away. They've played in a lot of close games, but when they lose, they lose. Well, yeah, I mean, they're doing what teams trying to get good do, which is they don't have a lot of talent. They don't have a lot of margin for error. Uh, if they play the game a certain way, they're in there in the fourth quarter, and they give themselves an opportunity to win. It's uh, not a whole lot different than what the Cowboys are doing, except you look at the Cowboys. Cowboys have more talent on defense. And, again, to me this year, they have more talent on special teams. Yeah, and and obviously what we've seen the Cowboys do in the games since Dak has come back, and I think it's really interesting when you look at this, and the offense is just functioning better with Dak Prescott in there. It's functioning better with Dak. It's functioning better now that they've figured out and have seemed to figure out what they want to do with Tony Pollard. But you look at this in the last four games, obviously they lost that Philadelphia game, but since then in the last four games, 24 to 6 over the Lions, 49 to 29 over the Bears the three-point loss where the offense still put up 28 points against the Packers and then obviously last week on Sunday the 40 to 3 blowout they're scoring points they're putting up a lot of yards they are running the football very effectively as a matter of fact I don't know how many people realize this they haven't been held under 134 
since Washington all the way back on that Sunday, what was that, week four game. Since then, I mean, you just look at what this offense is doing. 134 in the loss to the Eagles, 139, 200, 159, 151. This is an offense that is really starting to click running the football. And the good news is we talk about how the Cowboys have struggled against the run. Giants are right there neck and neck with them. The Giants are allowing 135 yards per average when they take on teams. This is a team that because of what the Cowboys like to do and what the Giants aren't very good at, you I feel kind of confident going into this one on Thanksgiving. No, I mean, you should feel confident um, going into this one. There's, there's no reason not to. Again, if they play their best football, they're going to win. The question is always, will they play their best? Will they not help the other team? Will they not commit turnovers? Will they not, not make bad plays in terms of, you know, you know, just dumb plays to keep the other team in the game? As long as they don't do that, they'll be fine. Um I've told y'all a thousand times now, the offense remains shady to me because outside of Tony Pollard and some weeks CeeDee Lamb, it's not enough playmakers. Michael Gallup this year has not been the playmaker like he's been in the past. Yeah. And so to me, it's just, can you play to their strength? Kellen Moore seems to have figured it out. Mike McCarthy seems to have demanded it. And when they play to their strength, bro, they're hard to beat. And let's not forget, man, even though they lost to Green Bay, they were basically in control of that game for most of it. And that's why it was such a disappointing loss because they're up 28-14 and should have won it. Although, I'm here to tell you, and I've said it before, if they win that game, maybe they don't beat the Vikings because there's not the same urgency. And so sometimes a loss can be good. I ain't trying to say that every week. I'm not trying to say that every time they lose. But sometimes a loss can be good for you. Yeah, and the reality of it is when you look at the Giants, and, and you can even, if you want to, you can kind of put the, Cow- the Cowboys offense there in that category. Problem is, I'm taking Dak 10 times out of 10 over Daniel Jones. I don't know that the Giants have a receiver that anybody in the NFL would actually want on their roster. You know, Wondell Robinson, the rookie who had a nice week last week, he's out with an injury. Outside of that, it's kind of like the Cowboys, but at least at the end of the day, the Cowboys still have CeeDee Lamb. The Giants don't have anyone who's even on the level of a CeeDee Lamb. Saquon and Zeke, you want to cancel them out. Then the Cowboys have Tony Pollard. The Giants don't have anybody like a Tony Pollard. Maybe you want to say Saquon is still fine. I'll give you that. But you look at the first game and the way that this thing went when the Cowboys won 23 to 16 back when Cooper Rush was in charge of the offense. I don't know what the Giants are going to be able to do much differently than what they did the first time around. And if you look at it, Saquon had 120 some odd yards from scrimmage in that game. they they had no one else no one else was really doing anything for the Giants and if Saquon's going to get his 120 something yards of offense again this time around I still don't know who it is on that offense against a really good Cowboys defense that you expect is going to make enough plays for the Giants to do something against this team well I mean I think it's the same thing in in this respect you can't let Saquon dominate the game as a uh, as a runner like, he can get 120 yards, but they can't be, you know, big chunks where he's 16 for 120. They have to be in control and in contained. And if they do that, then, yeah, they're going to have a good opportunity to win. Like, um, in the first game, he had 14 for 81, but, and he had that 36-yard run. So, I mean, you can kind of take that one away and see, like, okay, you bottled him up. So, I mean, he's good enough that if he hits you once, 
that's okay. What you can't have is nonstop hitting you for five, six, eight. We all know they're going to attack the edge, and uh, it's up to the cornerbacks and the linebackers to stand up, funnel them back inside, and then go make tackles. Yeah, I mean, because the reality, I mean, again, keep in mind, Daniel Jones also had a, a nice day against the Cowboys scrambling and running for yard. I mean, he had nine for 79 that first time around. They, that was just it. They, they didn't have anybody else doing anything. In the Cowboys, that was before Zeke had to miss some time, and it was kind of what we've come to see with Tony Pollard and Zeke. Pollard had 13 for 105, Zeke had 15 for 73, and CeeDee Lamb had 8 for 87. The big difference in this Cowboys offense that we've seen, especially on Sunday, and you wonder if it's starting to come around, and you brought it up on our last podcast, it feels like they are starting to try and find ways to get ball the ball to Tony Pollard as a receiver. And if they're going to start using him as a receiver – I mean, you can look at this. I don't, again, we talk about how crappy this Dallas offense can be at times. They're still seventh in the NFL in points per game. Right, right, right. I mean, they're, they're averaging 25 points per game. Oh, well, they, you know, you, you can't count. The, they, they ran it up on Minnesota. Okay, so what? They also put up 49 against the Bears. I mean, reality of it being, they're averaging 25 points a game. The Giants are averaging 20 points a game. It, it feels like they've really started to click with how they want to use Tony Pollard. And that was something I think that they kind of understood the balance in the run game earlier in the year. But it feels like now they are seeing that they can do even more with them than they thought they could have originally. No, to me, that's the uh, that's the key. I mean, now maybe you did this on purpose because I wrote a column about that today. Huh? Look at you. Um, and here's what I wrote, man. You know, there seems to be a lot of consternation about you know, where Tony Pollard's going to be next year and can they afford to pay him? You know, I had a, I can't remember if I talked to Chill about this on the air or if we were just chatting it up amongst ourselves. He was like, there's no way I pay a running back. You know, just go find another one. And you know how Chill can be all emotional because remember, there's no way in the world they could beat the Vikings this week just like there's no way in the world they could beat the Packers last week. <laughs> and so, you know, I think the key is, though, hold up one second. Yeah, I've picked up a cold in Jackson. But to me... And what I, the point I was trying to make in my column is I don't have Tony Pollard as a running back. I don't list him as a receiver, Matt. I call him a playmaker. Okay. Some, some of y'all may be laughing, but that's really what he is. Name me another running back right now who's making as many plays as he is. And the list is very, very, very short. Like he's got a run of or a pass reception of 40 yards or more in five out of 10 games. He's got one of 20 yards or more in seven out of 10 games. Um, he's a real weapon. He's a big play weapon. He hadn't had a lot of wear and tear on his body. And so if you look at the top running backs, man, because I'm like, they just need to pay him as a playmaker. Uh, yeah, they can pay him as a running back, but they still have control. So don't be panicking over whether Tony Pollard's going somewhere. Uh, I think the franchise tag is nine is ten million, mm -hmm. uh, ten point five million. They can franchise him, or they can start negotiations at ten five, get him a deal that's you know three or four years in yeah. that ten eleven range. Because here's what happens, bro. There's a there's the first eight running backs all make eight or more, led by Christian McCaffrey at sixteen million and Alvin Kamara at fifteen. Then it drops all the way to $7 million with Saquon Barkley, who's still on his rookie deal. Well, here's the difference, man. There's no way in the world I would pay Saquon Barkley. Why, Matt? This is not a rhetorical question. You tell me. Because he's hurt all the time. Yeah, okay, fair. If you think he's going to get older and now he's going to stay healthy, you are lost your mind. Tony Pollard has never really been hurt. 
Um, he hasn't had a heavy workload, and you have you can have every belief that he's going to be a playmaker for the next two or three years uh, until he's twenty and nine or so, and then maybe he becomes just kind of a really good third down back. But you worry about that later. Zeke is going to take a pay cut this year. Use some leftover money and pay him with Zeke's money. What I'm telling you is, I ain't worried about Tony probably going nowhere because I think he'll be here next year as a playmaker. I hope so. the The good news is he's here right now as a playmaker. And the reality of it is, I, I kind of wonder with Zeke, when he had to miss some time, if they realized that maybe Tony Pollard can do a little bit more than they thought. And I say that in a sense of, you look at some of the things earlier in the year, he was getting, you know, he had 16 touches, or excuse me, 13 touches early in the year in one game. That was kind of his high. And then Zeke goes down, and he had, in his last four weeks, he's had 14 He's had 15. He had 25 in the Green Bay game. And last week, he had 21. Those are touches. And you look at this. I mean, this is a guy who last week played 39 offensive snaps. So he's only in for 54% of the snaps. On the 39 snaps that he played, he had 21 touches on 39 snaps. That's a pretty impressive number for a guy who's only playing about half the snaps on offense because they like to balance it out that way. No, bro. He's he's phenomenal, man. And uh, they're giving him the ball. Kellen Moore's doing a better job of getting him the ball in different situations. They're letting him run inside. They're letting him run outside. He's amongst the lead leaders in yards after contact. Um, right now, and dude, you know, he's never carried the ball more than 130 times. He's got 118 carries right now, so he's going to crush that thing. Yeah. The only question will be, you know, how much uh, will the wear and tear affect him as we go on? And we don't know because he's never had this kind of workload. Yeah, and he had 169 touches last year. He's already at 139 touches this year. So you can see, I, I mean, it's it's definitely going up. And he's about to crack 1,000 total yards from scrimmage. But he's too dangerous to not see what you can get out of this guy. But again, the reality of it being, okay, we're only going to put you on the field for half of our offensive snaps. But when you're on the field, we're going to give you the ball. And then you can go and take a breather and hang out and you're fine and, and we'll give you a series off. And it saves up that explosion. He's been a revelation this year and, and kudos to Kellen Moore for finally figuring out how the hell to use the guy. But all in all, when you circle back around to this particular game on Thursday, you look at what the Giants have done. And again, they just they don't have anybody on offense. And we can say this about the Cowboys, but the reality of it is CD is capable of doing something to you. And so is Tony Pollard. And that's my thing. When you look at the New York Giants, I mean, this is a team, their offense. We talk about how the Cowboys offense, we think, can be met at times. They've still cracked 40 points twice. The Giants season high is 27. They have not scored more than 27 points in a single game all year long. Now, the reality of it is, defensively, they're not giving up a ton of points either. They've only allowed one team to score more than 27 points against them. Man, you can run on this team. And, and, and the fact that you can run on this team, and that's what the Cowboys want to do. I mean, the Lions ran all over them last week. The Texans cracked 100 yards on them. They gave up 211 to Baltimore, 142 to Jacksonville. Dallas ran for 176 the last time they played. I like the Cowboys, man. I think they're playing with a lot of confidence. I think being back home, being on that stage against a divisional rival, there's really no reason not expect if they call a game plan similar to what they did last week and Dak's not trying to force some of that stuff and is just taking how we kind of talked about you're going through your checkdowns and you're taking whether it's Tony Pollard or whoever that might be out there in the flat. If you play that style of game, I mean, my God, this offense can rack up some points. Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing because when they do that, they're in 
good position to convert third downs. I think they were 12 of 17 the other day because they had a lot of third and manageables, third and four, third and three, third and five, and they converted them. Uh, so that's why it's important to win on first and second down, obviously. Um, and so, you know, when you take the check downs, man, and you think, take what they're giving you, ultimately the defense gets frustrated, just like the offense gets frustrated when, when they can't get a big play. The defense gets frustrated because, damn, they just converted again. Damn, they just converted again. Damn, mm-hmm. come on, man, let's blitz. And as soon as you get that look, you go, oh, we finally got it. Go deep. Or, you know, let's attack the middle. All the good things happen. But you have to show the patience and you have to convert and execute. And when you do that, the game comes to you. So that being said, when you look at this, and by the way, for those that haven't seen this, Dallas right now is the number one scoring defense in the NFL. They lead the NFL in the fewest points allowed all season. They have been playing really well as of late. I'm going to take the Cowboys to win, and I'm going to take them to win because of the way the defense is playing, what we saw last week, being at home, the struggles that the Giants have with their lack of explosion on offense. I'm going to take the Cowboys to win this thing 27-17. to 17. Hmm, Interesting. I, um, I think the Cowboys' defense uh, will shut them down. I don't think they have enough weapons to um, keep uh, Michael Parsons and that crew at bay for an entire game. And I've got Dallas winning 24-24. 10. Nice. All right. So there you have it. Two, both of us saying it's a two score win. And if, if that happens, you know, again, the Cowboys have that opportunity here. Win on Thursday, get to eight and three. And then you kind of got like that mini buy because they don't play again until the following Sunday on December 4th. And they play that Sunday night game at home against the Colts team that who the hell knows what to expect from them. They got a real chance here, man. I mean, they got a real chance with the Giants, the Colts, and the Texans all at home, and then you go on the road to the Jaguars. I mean, stack wins. Stack wins. Just keep getting wins. And this could be a big one and a fun Thanksgiving day on Thursday in Dallas, but we'll see how it plays out. They better win. If they don't win, then again, everybody's going to start panicking and freaking out again. <laughs> it's the nature of the, of the season, man. Every game's the most important. Everything is live or die. Everything is gladiator. Thumbs up or thumbs down. And uh, I understand it. I don't ride with it most of the time, but I get it. And so uh, they just need to play good football, man. They're a good team. Uh, they're playing the right way. And if they will uh, follow the game plan, which is not a sexy game plan, but if they'll follow it and their best players play good football, they'll win. Yeah. They won't be close. And, and, I mean, keep in mind, they're about to get Tyron Smith back at left tackle. They might be about to be adding Odell Beckham Jr. to add a little something to him. So, could be seeing some things happening for the Dallas Cowboys here in the last few weeks of the season that could be very nice as they try to line up and keep pace with everybody else. And we'll see how it goes. It's, it's such a weird season in the NFL. Who, the, who knows what's going to happen? I don't know. We'll see. But I think the Cowboys are going to win. They'll get to 8-3, and three and we'll move on from there. So before we get rolling and take this trip around the block, let's tell you, of course, I hope that you have ordered some bruised biltong for yourself. You should have done it for your Thanksgiving because you could have offered it like as the pregame snack. And I don't know how some people eat the meal before the Cowboys game. And then some people eat like Thanksgiving dinner and they have snacks early in the day and then they eat dinner after the game at night. But you need some bruised biltong because it's a great anytime snack. Super healthy for you. It is zero sugar, no artificial ingredients. You get the little two ounce bags and they're 240 calories and 30 grams of protein. It's bruised biltong. It's It's a snack that's like beef jerky, but it isn't. It's a traditional South African air-dried meat, but man, it's better. It's so much better than beef jerky. It's more tender. It's more savory. Put it in your mouth and eat some. 
You know, it's all that stuff, man. It's amazing to me. Uh, me and Matt both rock with Slice Bill Talk. I mean, you know, you just pull off of some pieces, throw it in your mouth, chew it up. It's delish. You know, I like to work out. Matt just finished his workout a little while ago. Um, well, I love it for an afternoon snack. Why? 30 grams of protein. Get your guns going. Bang, bang. Y'all know how I like that. Um, but Bill Talk, man, give it a shot. It's delicious. Not to mention the technical name is Dried Butt Sticks. It's true, it is. I mean, technically. <laughs> yeah, so try some. Eat it. Eat some butt strips. You should. It's Bruce Bill Tong. It's online at BruceBillTong.com. B-R-U-S-B-I-L-T-O-N-G. Bruce Bill Tong. And use the promo code JAM15. Get yourself 15% off. Order it now, man. I mean, just in time for the holidays. You can use them as stocking stuffers and whatnot. Elsewhere, it's Freeway Tire Shop. They help to make the podcast possible. JR and his guys over there at Freeway. It's anything you need. Everybody needs state inspections and oil changes. That's a given. You have to have those all the time. Every once in a while, you got to go in for tires. Every once in a while, you got to go in for a little bit of that more in-depth maintenance and whatnot on your car. You want to take it somewhere where you're not getting ripped off that offers elite customer service and fair pricing. That's exactly what you're going to get with Freeway Tire Shop. I think I'll be going there tomorrow. (laughs) Dang, man. Well, you've been driving around so much, you probably do need something. Yeah, well, I got back to Jackson, and my, my other car that I didn't drive is on flat. I think it's got a valve stem problem because a few, I don't know, a couple months ago I walked out, and it was just on flat Weird. when I went up to the convenience store. Walked in, it was perfectly fine. Walked out, it was flat. Little Google says it's a valve stem issue, but guess what I'm going to do, Matt? I'm going to turn it over to JR and say, what the hell is going on, bro? Uh, because I trust him to give me a, an honest assessment of what's, what the issue is. Then I trust him to, hey, figure out what kind of quality part I need to fix it, if any. Maybe it's just some new tires. I don't know. And then I trust him to charge me a fair price, whether it's the valve stem or whether it's a set of tires, or two tires. It doesn't matter. I expect him to charge me a fair price. And then, bro, I expect him to stand behind his work. So once I get it fixed, I ain't really tripping. I ain't worried about it because if anything happens, I just take it back. No fuss, no muss, no problems get it fixed up again and off i go so there it is it's freeway tire shop again you can find them online where you can schedule an appointment you can request a quote at freewaytireshop.com so as we take this trip around the block some interesting things that have happened and first off i was excited about this because they announced the plans for this a while back that because of the advent of nil and college football that ea sports was going to bring back the college football video game. They last had it in 2014. I prefer it to Madden because yes. of the ability to play dynasty mode. And, and it's, I like the college vibe. It's just, it's so much fun. It, 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 I like it, recruiting. Yes. It's such an awesome game. I don't get mad because Aaron Rodgers doesn't end up on the Seahawks. Something that's like, right. bro, that's never going to happen. Yeah. It's, it's a fan. It was a fantastic game. And so they made plans that they're going to have one. Well, they just announced yesterday because there was a lot of thought that this thing was going to come out next summer of 2023. Uh, are you finna bring me bad news, bro? Uh, I guess you didn't see this. No, I've been traveling all day. Okay. Well, they announced yesterday, or maybe it was earlier today, that it is going to return, but it will not be available until the summer of 2024. So we are still about 18 months away from the yeah, release of this. Right. Yeah, and they said they wanted to take time to get it right, and they are totally, basically, they're completely revamping it and starting and building it from scratch, whatever that means. They said it is going to have dynasty mode and all the things that people love about it, but they just wanted to make sure that they had more time to get it right and to get get the game what it should be. 
Well, you know, they got to add the read option in there. I mean, the RPO in there. Yeah, they got to add the read option. They had the zone read. You got to add your RPOs in there. You have to add the NIL element, where's you know, are you going? How much you going to offer this dude to come play for you? All that stuff. Uh, I don't mind if they bring probation back for guys cheating. I always thought that was cool, uh, but you know. But there's a lot of things they can add to make it. If it's in the game, it's in the game. And uh, the more they can add, the better it is for me. Yeah, but I'm stoked about it. I will say I'm, I'm kind of glad that they, they bumped it back because originally they, and I don't know, it didn't say on the new release whether or not it'll still only be on PS5. I'm, I'm assuming by the time it comes out in 2024 that they're not going to also make it available for PS4. But I was like, man, I'm going to have to figure out how to get a PS5 in the next few months. And now I don't have to worry about it until 2024. <laughs> exactly. So that's good news because PS5s are not readily available. Like you can well, go to Amazon. Do what? I've noticed that. Yeah, like you can go to Amazon and say you want to buy one and you basically are putting your name on a wait list and they notify you when one is available for you to purchase. And you have no idea when that's going to be. I mean, it's been like that for a couple of years. Yeah, and I don't know why. Like, why don't they up the production on that? Like, I don't understand what the deal is because, you know, that's a next generation console that it's been out for a full year or, or longer whenever it came out. And it's still Dude. like impossible to get. A, and I don't know, like, if it's the chip shortage and stuff that is playing into that and everything. I have no idea. But there's a reason why it's so limited and it's annoying as hell. When in doubt, I blame the chip shortage. For it's got to be that. Some type of chip that you can't get that you used to get readily. Now you can't get. Um, I just I just always think that that's something to do with it. And it helps keep the price up. So I don't think that they care all that much. OK, yeah. So, yeah, this it's been out for two full years. It was released on November 12th, 2020. So the PS5 has been out for two full years and you still cannot find it anywhere. But apparently, according to Sony, the PlayStation 5 shortage should end in 2024 if everything goes according to plan. Okay, I'll still, uh, you know, I'll still be waiting for it. So whatever that means. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm, I'm totally fine with my PS4. I'm not one of those people that feels the need. I don't need to get all the new games that come out. You know, I enjoy playing the ones that I have. But college football was enough to move the needle big enough for me where I was like, okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to get a PS5 because college football game is a game I'll play constantly and it will become one of those games I'm obsessed with at some point. No, no, I feel you on that, bro. Everybody needs an obsession in their life. I mean, it's fantastic. I always, I would, I used to do this, where, and I'm sure everybody's done this, where you'd go and you'd take like the UABs of the world or the UMasses of the world. You know, like I would play with Texas, I'd play with my favorite teams and I'd win some titles. And they're like, you know what? I'm such a great coach. I've got to go to the worst team in the FBS and turn them into a champion. Yeah. And I would hop around. I would go to schools. I was kind of like a, a builder. I, I was maybe a, an early Nick Saban or, or a Matt Rule, you know. I liked to go to different schools, spend a few years at each school, and, 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 and bring different fan bases and, and really build my greatness. I can do this at any school. So and you did with 99s across the board. Well, no. I mean, I didn't really change them that much. I mean, I just didn't play at the hard level or whatever. Oh, okay. You know, what I did, though, Six. I did do this. I would, I never recruited, like, I would get some five stars. Like, I always thought you needed a five-star quarterback, but I recruited speed everywhere else. Right. Like, I didn't care if a guy was a two-star. Assuming that his catch ability wasn't too low, as long as he had speed, I just, I was, it's almost like the Jimmy Johnson model, like, back when he was at Miami and whatnot. Like, I just, maybe I had undersized guys, but they were fast as hell. And I always thought, as long as you're fast and I got a quarterback that can get you the ball, 
you might drop some here and there, but if you catch it more often than not, at least I know that you're ahead of everybody else and I can score more. Yeah, that's not bad. It's uh, you know, I used to like uh, to do some of that. I preferred. Uh, I used to like to uh, my. I used for whatever reason, and I, I really don't have an answer for you. I used to fall in love with with tight ends. Um, that makes but sense. I used to like. I used to like to take those six six, uh, two hundred and twenty pound receivers. Yeah, red shirt them, move them to tight end, <clears throat> and by year three. They'd be operating pretty good. I like to put them up with number 18 on them, spat them up, and have them run seam routes. And, uh, you know, I became a tight end dominant team. So, you know, everybody's got their thing. Some people like my friend Big Joe and the Big Rig, who we haven't heard from in a while, he used to love option teams. And, you know, he got to be with the option where it's just like, bro, just stop. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I never got into the option. Like, I was a... I don't know why I've always even when I play Madden and stuff like generally speaking I like speed guys on the outside and I I'm a dude that will just air it out I don't know why that is like I I will pass probably three times as much as I run hey man you're from the Mike Leach school I guess I am maybe that is what it is you you want to dictate the game dictate the pace you and Dion that's what y'all do I guess that's what I was I was like look if you can keep up with me I'm gonna bomb it out and score as much as I can and my defense might give up a lot but so what can you keep up with my ability well, that's always the uh, that's always the sixty four thousand dollar question. It is, and and so yeah, I'm stoked about that game. I'm glad they're working on it. So be looking for that. But it's going to be the summer of twenty twenty four. The other thing I came across, and this is, man, this is horrifying to me. Oh my! But this is something I would never do ever again in my life, and I've only done it one time in my life. But bungee jump? No, I've done that one time in my life. Yes, and I probably would never do that again. But this is, this used to be, and I know that people still do this, but I was always curious why people tan, like laying in a tanning bed. I was like, what is it about tanning? Like, what is this? So I remember when when I was in college, I went and I tried that one time. And I went and I got in a tanning bed. (laughs) And I, I, I guess I went too long or whatever, and I got a little burned, but my skin was so itchy because it got so dry that I couldn't right. sleep for that that night when I got home. It was the, I've never been that itchy in my entire life. Wow. I was miserable. I was rubbing lotion on myself. And then, of course, I was trying to get in the shower because it relieved it. But then that dries your skin out. I mean, it was horrible. So after that, I was like, well, I, I'm out on this. Screw this. Well, I bring this up. Yes, because, because this, is a, this is a white people story. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know for a fact, obviously, but I assume that that's not something that the black person would do. Not only is it not something we do, I'm going to hip some of y'all to this. Let me see how to say this. Um, it can be incredibly offensive in general. And why is that, Matt? Why try it? Because you'll get too dark? Because a section of white folks, not everybody, obviously, okay? So don't come at, come at me with all that. But a section of racist white folks spend their entire life trying to get darker, put collagen in their lips to make them bigger. And then walk around and talk about black people who have those things. <laughs> and it's the hypocrisy of it that, that really makes me laugh. I don't get angry about it. I just chuckle about it from time to time. And that's the and somebody will send me, well, you see everything is racist. You, you're just a racist. Nah, bro, that's just the world we live in. You know, I didn't say everybody. I didn't even say most people. I just said a lot of people. Yeah, and, and, and like the whole tanning thing at this point, I, I, it's just odd to me. Like I don't understand like the fascination 
Because I think what it is is some people like you'll you'll see. I mean, bodybuilders do it, you know. Because apparently, you can see muscle tone better, I guess, if you're tan. Yeah. Now that's a that's a real purpose. So I get that. Right, and and so I think that that's why like some people, you know, you would go and tan if you're going to go to the beach or be somewhere, or like you try to get a base layer before you go on vacation so you don't get fried. But I remember being because I, I I mean I'm a very pale human being, and I can tan. I just don't spend any like I'm not trying to be tan. I, I quite frankly I don't care. You know, I probably have a weird ass farmer's tan because I'm outside working out a lot and I'm not, I don't know. I just don't care. Anyway, so British people who are super pale, well, this one British chick, she goes to the tanning salon. Whoa. And she got stuck. Oh, shit. In the tanning bed. Final destination. Right. Yeah. Have you seen that one where that, that girl gets fried in the tanning bed? Yeah, bro. And so she says that she feared she would burn to death. When she became trapped inside a tanning bed and the salon was forced to call the fire department to rescue her. She says she was lying naked in the bed and thought, this is going to be my coffin. The lights were on and I thought, I'm going to burn to death. She said, I started panicking. I was pressing and pressing and I kept trying to move it and nothing would move and I'm screaming and yelling. She said, I had anxiety. I thought that I'm either going to be crushed or I'm going to burn to death and they're they're going to drag out my burnt naked body. Wow. I mean, I, I, I can't even imagine how horrible this is. And she said about five minutes went by. She couldn't get out of the machine. And two customers then like ran in and said, close down the shop. We need to help this woman and whatnot. And they unplugged the machine and all of this. And the firefighters were finally able to come in and ex- excavate her from the, the, the bed. For whatever reason, the firemen said that the hinges had completely gone and they had to pry it open dude wow i mean she's going to be claustrophobic and scarred for life i bet she doesn't get in a tanning bed ever again no she needs to call greening law though she she does need to call greening law no (laughs) doubt i mean that's the exact i mean that's you know she I, i guarantee you now she'll walk around like you know what i'm good being pale you know, that's uh, that's terrible, man. That's I can't. I would have. My God, I'm, I'm like the type of person I would have tried to knock myself out. So at least I didn't feel myself frying. Yeah, dude, that's that's wow. I didn't know that's where you were going with that. That's no, I terrible. couldn't handle that. I don't like being in closed spaces, but something of that nature. I'm just, you know, those Final Destination movies, man, they leave an impression on you. Yeah, they do, because the impression they leave on me is just how you know, how weird fate is and how you never know that you just did something that prolongs your life. You never know that you went through an intersection and five minutes later, somebody went through that intersection and smashed, got T-boned and now they're dead. Or it's the opposite. Uh, I was about to leave. I go say, oh, I can't find my cell phone. Where is it? I spend two and a half minutes. Oh, there it is. And I leave. And now because I left two and a half minutes later, I hit somebody and I'm just like, Jesus, where if I had left on time, probably wouldn't have happened it's, but when you make a movie out of that it's just wild how it all goes it is wild how it all goes and obviously they take it to the absolute extreme you know but it's one of those things i mean i don't know if you ever saw the one where the they're driving behind that truck that's carrying logs and the chain breaks and the log like bounces off the road and goes right through that guy's head yeah i mean that you once you see something like that you can never get on a highway ever again and see a truck carrying logs and drive behind it dude uh, last week I was on my way to Jackson and that didn't happen but this dude was in front of me driving and you know it's my fault because I, I recognized too late what he was hauling now he had styrofoam tops they were like 
I mean, they were big, like uh, probably 20 by 50. They were big styrofoam blocks. But, dude, one of them flew off his car. I mean, off his truck that yeah. he had, you know, down. And I looked at it, I was like, oh, shit, that's going to, oh, okay, it's styrofoam, so it's okay. <laughs> but you can only imagine if it wasn't styrofoam. Yeah, like half the time, like I'll see stuff like you'll be driving down the interstate and you see something in the road and you have no, is that a box? Is it something I, is it fine? Or do I need to get the hell out of this lane? Like, what the hell is this? I mean, man, it is. I don't well, know, I man. It, it, I was, I was on the way back and ran into two wrecks. I got to, now this will take you behind the scenes, but I told Matt I had some stuff to do this morning in Jackson. I do my best to get back about 430. And I was on that pace, man, because yeah. I was in, uh, I was in Mesquite. At about four oh five, dude. Two accidents later, I walked in the door at six o'clock. <laughs> Damn, dude. It's always rough, man. Those, that's the one thing about those long drives like that, because especially, you know, at least you were close to Dallas, because there are times like where you can be on the interstate and there's nowhere to exit, there's nowhere to go, you're just stuck, and you and you're sitting there for like an hour. Yeah, brother. Man, that's especially yeah, as much as you drive to lengthy, and from. Yeah, these are some lengthy delays too. So I was just like. And the last one felt like my kidney was about to burst because I had two 32-ounce bottles of water. Oh, my God, like, dude. This is going to be a disaster. Yeah, that's why you got to always have a, a large bottle in the car for those types of things so you can pee while you're driving down the road. Oh, I did. Yeah, I was going to say. It can be difficult to do, but once you get the hang of it, you just need to make sure the bottle is big enough. <laughs> See, Matt's, Matt's telling us, Matt is spitting facts. And so I'm just going to tell y'all, you should either have a 32-ounce Gatorade because it's got a wide mouth, although I struggle with it sometimes. And then uh, what's that other water, man? Smart. And it's not smart water. It's uh, core water if you get the 32-ounce bottle. It's got a very big opening. Yeah. And then body armor water, I think. It's the red and black one. I can't remember which name it is, but it has a wide opening, too. Well, there you go. There's, so, my, there's my customer service for you guys. Don't say I never did anything for you, okay? Yeah, stop laughing. Done, huh? Yeah, and, and you want to make sure that also it, it, it has not just that, but uh, big enough to, to take exactly the amount of liquid that you are trying to Bro, give to it. Yeah, don't be trying it in like an eight-ounce cup no. bottle. Because yeah, the worst know. thing of all time is when you have to go really it's the bad. overflow. Yeah, and you're like, my God, oh, no, no, oh. And then you're like, or, oh, no. Or if you mistime it and you whip it out and it's like a like a water hose just spraying <laughs> everywhere <laughs> before you can get it in the bottle. If you mistime it, <laughs> well, you know you're trying to get your That's pants awesome. unzipped and your pants pulled down and your drawers out the way unless you're riding commando. Hey, it can be a mess, dog. Watch out, but it's everywhere. Yeah, I mean that's I mean if you're by yourself, I mean you can I just mean, chuckle to yourself. But if yeah, you're with no somebody doubt. else and it that tube goes right, I mean that person is usually like, the hell is your problem? I'm never looking at you the same. Yeah, no doubt, man. You got to be very, very careful with that. Especially a lot of people are going to be traveling for Thanksgiving weekend, so you need to be taking these tips for the road to heart, people. Yes. Somebody yes. out there listening is going to be traveling on Thanksgiving, and you're going to get stuck in traffic. And be like, man, I wish I had that wide mouth 32 ounce bottle. And Just you're gonna be looking. It. You're gonna be looking at that little can that you have, seeing if <laughs> can I figure out a way to make that happen. And women, you I you know women. I'm sorry, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I was told that today. Like, you guys are so lucky. Yeah, there's not much that you can do. I would imagine. And I couldn't. I couldn't even say anything. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, sorry guys and gals. It is what it is. <laughs> but it is Thanksgiving weekend, and and, and happy Thanksgiving to everybody. We're, we always yeah. really appreciate. What do you what are you, what are you thankful for, Matt? 
I'm thankful for many things in my life. I'm thankful for I get to do what I really enjoy doing in life, which is great. And and thankful for all the people that support us here and support my radio show and listen to allow me to do what I truly enjoy doing in life. Thankful to have a lot of people in my life that enjoy who I am. And, and obviously my lovely fiance who does a lot and supports me quite a bit. My son, my family. I mean, there's a lot to be thankful for, I think. Oh, yeah. I don't think there's any doubt about it, man. Um, you know, I, I think about it a lot, just, you know, how your life can, can change in an instant or in a moment. And I know people who it's happened to. And, you you know, I, I start every day with like, dude, I'm just thankful I woke up and I'm good and I go to sleep and I'm good. Uh, you know, and I say that because, and you know, everybody has their do, their deals over the years. But, you know, I fainted a couple times in my life. And every time it happens, I'm like, so is this what death feels like? Like you just boom out of it? Like, you don't really realize it. Or do you realize it for an instant? Like, oh, this is not good. And boom, it goes dark. And so once I had a, another one a couple of years ago, I'm just like, man, I'm just really thankful to be here every day. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I think sometimes we get caught up in life and the frustration of life and we can really forget about it. Uh, but it's good to, uh, to have a family, the love of a great woman. And uh, I'm like Matt, you know, loving the opportunity to do what you do where it's not work because it means you've kind of found your purpose in life. And yeah. it's not tied to money. It's that you enjoy doing what you do. Like I have a, uh, I have a love for words, and there are times in the day where I'm so excited about words. I mean, it's ridiculous. Uh, you know, it's almost enough. Nah, not quite that excited. But, you know, it's, it's just a feeling. It's mm -hmm. like a rush, like, wow, I can't wait to get this out. Like I need to birth these words, these paragraphs, these stories because they're in you. And I'm just happy. That, uh, that I get a chance to do that because so many people, man, got jobs they can't stand or jobs. Oh, my God, I can't wait to retire. Well, you really feel like that. Not because, you know, because you're doing some shit that you ain't wanted to do for 30 years. And so I'm really happy and thankful that uh, I get to do that. Yeah, it, it, it's it's fantastic. And I would agree with you. I mean, it's funny. A lot of people sometimes, you know, and you can I tell people all the time, like attitude is everything. That's something my dad used to say a lot. You know, it's it's attitude and and. You can't always choose what happens to you, but you can choose how you react to it. And that is a choice that you get to make. No matter what it is that happens to you, like, oh, I, I had to react this way. You, you don't understand. And maybe I don't, but you did get to choose the reaction that you have. And I think as you get older, you have a better understanding of that. But it's funny because people ask me all the time, like, how are you doing today? I'm like, oh, it's the best day of my life. They're like, really? What happened? I'm like, I woke up. I mean, to me, like, this is the day that you are in, the moment in which you are in is really the only moment and day that matters because everything else has already happened, so you can't go back and change it. And what's coming, you have no idea. So really the day that you are living, whenever that day is, really is the best day of your life. Cause that's the only day of your life because that's the only one that you are actually living in that moment. No, that's true. I, um, and that's why I try to live in the moment. I'm not a guy who tries to get too far ahead. I, I really try to savor the days and enjoy the days and worry about tomorrow, tomorrow and try to forget yesterday. And that's how I, I've gotten a lot better at that over the course of my life and just focusing on, you know, enjoying that and being grateful for so many of the things that are in life. And, you know, you can shoot. It can be as simple as look at the leaves on that tree and how gorgeous the colors are changing or what a beautiful blue day. And I think when you go out and you say those things and you say them out loud and you find grat gratitude in little things, you start to build and you start to build. And the next thing you know, it just becomes habit and it becomes how your mind thinks. And you've trained yourself to think in gratitude and to think in positivity and to be slower to anger and have some patience in doing different things. 
I don't think anybody does it overnight, but if you start the process and start building your brain in that sense, then you can see things in a completely different light, but the choice is yours. So be thankful. It's a wonderful, wonderful time to be thankful. I hope a lot of people get to spend some time with family or spend some time with friends or whomever it is that you enjoy spending time with and just kind of reflect and enjoy. And, you know, that's something I think is easy as you get towards the end of the year. A lot of people start reflecting on where they're at and where they're going and who are you and who do you want to be and are you that person? Nothing, no change happens overnight, but you can do those little things. And we've talked about this kind of in a sense before, like you can have the goal of, I want to lose 30 pounds. Okay, well, you're not going to lose 30 pounds by tomorrow. So you have to start doing those things that can put you to where you can look back and go, all right, well, I lost my pound in the day that I was given. And now I just got to stack and stack and stack. It's like the Cowboys, stack your wins, right? And you, you can do that in a variety of different things in your life. And, and you just start with little things. And I try to say this all the time, like nobody climbed Mount Everest in a day. As a matter of fact, when you climb something like that, when you climb the biggest of mountains, they have multiple base camps. Like they actually will sit somewhere on Mount Everest for like three weeks to acclimate. And then they go up to another base camp and sit there for a couple of weeks. And it's a right, tedious right. process, but eventually you climb the mountain. And if you just do those little things and you allow yourself to, to have those moments of reflection where you can look back and say, man, you know, a month ago I was this and now here I am and, and okay, I've got this. And, and yeah, I still got another few miles to get to the top of this mountain, but I'm, I'm ahead of where I was. So try not to stare at everything all at once and just try to break it down and consume what you can do and stack each day as the next step in that path where you want to go. Well said, bro. And so there you have it. That's what I'm thankful for. <laughs> that was philosophy with McLaren. And some of you guys are like, man, you're insane. And that's fine. Maybe I am insane, but I enjoy it. I love being alive. I love each day. You know, I have a lot of great moments in each day that I, that I find that are just little small things that I mean, you know, you, we haven't talked about this in a while, but there are times where I'm just grateful that I can stare out in a backyard and look at the birds you know, and I just think how right. peaceful things are and, and enjoy that sip of coffee and that moment that I'm in. And sometimes that's all you just got to reset and, and take those little moments to enjoy the simple things in life and not focus so much on the hectic mountain of whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish. No, real talk right there. So yeah, it is some real talk, but happy Thanksgiving. I hope everybody has a great Thanksgiving. I know a lot of people will be traveling. I was reading this article earlier today airport traffic is back they're expecting 2.6 million flyers at dfw over the holiday weekend that's not even including whoever flies through love field that's just dfw airport that's a ridiculous amount of people flying around the country and that's just one airport 2.6 million that's a lot of people bro that is a lot of people man and i'll i'll tell you this i will say if you get a chance and you've got some family in town you ought to try to swing by this upcoming weekend over to Smokey John's Barbecue. And if you've got some family visiting and you're a podcast listener, you should surprise them. Go into Smokey John's and, and take your friends from out of town, your family from out of town. Be like, hey, watch this. Can I get a couple of jam session bowls? And your relative will go, what, that's, uh, what are you ordering? It's not on the menu. And you'll be like, no, 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 it's cool. <laughs> and then you'll get to choose what you want in that jam session bowl. And you guys are going to sit down and it'll blow them away. Because so many of you have ordered the Jam Session Bowl, and we get pictures of it all the time. And I have yet to find the person who doesn't agree 
that it is just a mind-boggling, insane concoction at Smokey John's Barbecue. No, because it is. I mean, it literally, it is, bro. It's fantastic. It's a, it's a, it's a bowl with either a mac and cheese or mashed potato base. Your choice of two out of five smoked meats. Normally, I rock with the brisket and the sausage. Then all the stuff that comes on a lated baked potato, you know, so, you know, sour cream, chives, butter, bacon bits. Uh, I usually get I don't rock with the butter, but you can. No judgment here. And then, man, it just that sauce on it, and it is fantastic. Woo, it's good. It is good, man. You got to check it out. It is Smokey John's Barbecue. Or, you know, feel free to order something on the menu if you want. It's fine. You can do that as well because anything on the menu is going to be just as good. And that's one thing. We've talked about this before. A lot of people that when I was living in Dallas, and we get this a lot even now, like, hey, I'm going to Dallas. I'm going to Texas. I get this from people in Alabama. Where should I go? Like, they'll be going to a Bama game or something. I'm like, you got to go to Smokey John's. What should I get? I said, what, honestly, what, whatever your preference in bar, like maybe you're a sausage guy, you're a rib guy, you're a, whatever it is that you like the best, order it from Smokey John's because I can't say that their ribs or their sausage or their brisket or whatever is better than anything else because to me, it's all very, very good on an elite level of barbecue. Hell yeah. So do that at Smokey John's Barbecue. I will also say that this upcoming weekend, I was thinking about this the other day. I think that this is probably my this is probably my favorite weekend of the college football season. And I say that because I love there are games that I will watch this weekend from teams that I don't really care about and I'm not doing it for work, but I love the rivalry. And this is rivalry weekend. Thanksgiving night you get the egg bowl with Miss, with Mississippi State and Ole Miss. There's rumors flying galore that this is it for Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss and that he's going to coach on Thursday night and that Auburn is going to bring him in on Friday and announce him as their new head coach. And there's a very good chance of that happening, by the way. But you get these types of rivalries. And rivalry games are the best because a lot of the times it doesn't matter. Like Alabama and Auburn in the Iron Bowl. Auburn has no business beating Alabama. Alabama was one of the best teams in the country last year. Auburn was not good, and they went into multiple overtimes. Now, granted, that game was in Auburn. It's a little different in Tuscaloosa. But we've seen this so many times with these rivalries around the country where one team is obviously better than the other. But, man, they get in that rivalry game. And I I just love the in-state battle. I love these, like the Ohio State-Michigan game. I know it's not in-state. Everybody knows that that's one of the biggest rivalries in the country. You know, and and a lot of people on Saturday are going to watch that game early in the morning and then roll right into the Iron Bowl. And you get so many of these great rivalries around the country of like Georgia and Georgia Tech or North Carolina and North Carolina State, Florida and Florida State. And I just, Oregon and Oregon State who hate each other in the Civil War up in the Pacific Northwest that are just classic passionate rivalries that to me, at the core of what college football is, it's about these passionate traditions and there's nothing better than these hateful rivalries. No, um, I'm down with you, bro. I think it's, uh, I, I love it. And it's to me, it's um, it's what college football is all about. It's the beauty of college football. You know, obviously Ohio State, Michigan, both of them undefeated. Both of them have some great strengths. Both of them have some some weaknesses that can be exploited. It's a matter of you know who shows up. It should be an epic game that just 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 you know tears your innards out while it's going on because of the highs and lows and the emotional impact of it. And for once, 
you know, I feel like you, you, you Cowboys fans when you're playing the Eagles or somebody like that. Because, again, I tell you, I'm not a fan, but I'm a fan of Ohio State. So yeah. I get that kind of emotional excitement and investment the way you guys get it with the Cowboys. And so, uh, dude, I'm so nervous about the game, I can't even think straight. And just, it, well, like, it, it kind of sounds like Michigan stud running back Blake Corum isn't going to play. And can I tell you something about that? If he doesn't okay, play, ahead, man, finish. if he doesn't play, their, their offense – cannot keep um, up with Ohio State without Ohio State my, helping them. This is my thought on that. I, I don't think it matters at all. And here's why. Travion Henderson is Ohio State's five-star running back. He got hurt. He's been hurt off and on this year. He's really good when he plays. He's been hurt off and, off and on. Mayan Williams came in and was killing people with 100-yard games. He was the backup running back. Played so good, they ended up splitting time between the two. He got hurt a couple weeks ago. They dropped in some freshman named Dallas Hayden. That dude had 18 for 175 and three touchdowns last week. My point being, I think Michigan has the same type of state and why you'd love to have your starter and your big guy. Whoever they put back there, if you don't win the line of scrimmage and tackle good, he's going to bust your ass too. Well, and that is the thing. Michigan has a very, very good offensive line. And they kind of play that old school style. They run like 62% of the time. But that was the problem with their offense last week and why Illinois almost beat them is because Blake Corum, they were moving the ball just fine. He goes down in the second quarter and barely played at all in the second half, and their offense couldn't do anything except kick field goals. So we'll see. Right. But, yeah. there, I mean, you talk about a lot on the line. The winner of that game is going to the playoff. Now, see, the loser, to me, is not automatically out if they lose, you know, 31-30 at the buzzer in a great game. They'll need a lot of help, man, because the committee – the committee does not like Michigan's strength of schedule. It's, it's kind of like TCU. The committee's waiting for TCU to lose a game. They don't, sh- they don't have a shot in hell just right. because of their strength of schedule and their game control. But one thing about Michigan is they've blown teams off the field. Right. They're still going to need some help. I mean, it, it, sounds, it, it looks to me like they're setting up USC to make a jump into the playoff if they went out. Of course, sure. they would have to beat Notre Dame on Saturday and then beat most likely Oregon in the Pac-12 title game. And that would give them three consecutive top 25 wins. And that would get them in the playoff. If TCU wins out undefeated, they're obviously in the playoff. I mean, right now it looks like to me it's going to be Georgia, the winner of Ohio State, Michigan, TCU and USC, assuming they went out. Now, if they don't, that opens the door for all kinds of crazy crap to happen. I mean, there is still a path, believe it or not, for Alabama to get in this thing with two losses. Yeah, I'm not feeling that. But they I understand need, well, there's a path. But they need, they need that chaos in front of them. Right. And they may get some. It's, a, it's still a lot of football left to be played. The problem is when you need like four things of chaos to happen, maybe two of them happen, maybe three of them happen, but the chances of all four of those things happening is very slim. True. But we'll true. see. It's college football, man. We, I mean, we literally came last weekend. We came within two field goals and a last minute drive away from three of the top seven or from four of the top seven teams in the country losing. Because U- USC got an interception on the last drive to beat UCLA by three. Michigan hit a last-second field goal, and TCU drove the field and scored nine points in the last two minutes and got a last-second field goal to knock off Baylor. And we got some good games this week. I mean, it's not a given that USC is going to beat Notre Dame, by the way. No, Notre Dame's playing good right now. They are playing good right now. Now, that game's in California, but that's going to be a fun one, man. And there's... I don't know. It's just this is going to be a great weekend of college football. And like I said, it starts on Thursday night with the Egg Bowl. 
And then on Friday, you got some good games on Friday. Texas and Baylor play on Friday. It's unfortunate that they don't play A&M anymore. You also get Florida and Florida State, which is a great rivalry. You get that game on Friday as well. And don't forget, you get the Americans and the English play each other at 1 o'clock on Friday afternoon in the World Cup. Should be great. Man, I mean, it just it really sets up for a nice weekend of college football, a little bit of World Cup. You can even throw in, if you want, you can throw in a little bit of NFL on Sunday, and that's what I'm here for, man. But I just, I just love all these matchups. Like, I'll have my two TVs set up, and there's games. You get Ohio State-Michigan at 11, you get the Iron Bowl at 2.30, and you get USC and Notre Dame at 6.30. Sounds like a full day to me. You get to watch the Aggies finish their season 4-8 and eight at 6. Dude. How great is that? You know? I mean, that's fantastic. I'm looking very much forward to this weekend. I hope everybody else is. And I hope you guys have a wonderful Thanksgiving. We will be back with you after the Cowboys game, getting you set up as they got that mini buy, and we'll see. Jacques and I both believe the Giants are going to fall. The Cowboys move to 8-3, and three, and we're never wrong. So that's good news for everybody. Hell no. Nah. Hell I, yeah. I, I think I'm completely undefeated in my Cowboys picks lifetime. <laughs> yeah, okay, buddy. All right, everybody have a great Thanksgiving. Enjoy the holiday weekend, and we will talk to you again very soon. We appreciate each and every one of you. Thanks for listening to the Jam Session podcast. Make sure to find us on Instagram at Jam Session Cast. Of course, you can also find us on Twitter at McMatt Radio and at JJT underscore journalist. Our podcast is sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you'll have time for healing and renewal. Give them a call at 972-934-8900. Greening Law, Office, Dallas, Texas. As always, thanks to Purple Elephant Music for the music you hear at the end and the beginning of each episode. He, of course, is the radio, TV, and now podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. And me, I'm just a guy, Matt McLaren. We'll catch you next time right here on the Jam Session Podcast, available everywhere you listen to podcasts.